In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every other Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Thank you for listening in. In this episode, medium Cheryl Bicknell joins to discuss her experience as a medical practitioner and how her psychic abilities assisted in not only helping hospital patients, but also how her day-to-day job enabled her to further embrace and grow her gifts. Cheryl also explains what happens during a reading and what the difference is between a guide and an angel, or is there? But before we dive into the episode, some context about psychics and mediums. All true mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums. This means that while anyone can potentially have psychic experiences, mediums experience regular communication from the deceased. While psychics regularly experience information about or from living people, locations or events that they themselves did not originally experience. We all consist of energy and all physical bodies here on earth will eventually pass on, but it is only the body, not the whole self that dies. Knowing this can make life at least a little easier. With mediums such as Cheryl, one can be helped throughout their grieving process. The healthcare community has very little to offer grieving, but experiences such as mediumship readings in which the bereaved experience their continuing bonds with the deceased, or even have the opportunity to say goodbye in a more private manner, seem to have substantial positive effects. And now on to the show. Hello, everyone. I'm super excited to have Cheryl Bicknell, a psychic medium and medical practitioner on the show to share with us how we can connect with our loved ones who have passed on. Cheryl is extremely gifted, I myself have had readings from her over the years, but I'm particularly interested today to hear from her on how she has discovered this gift and how she got where she is today. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Cheryl Bicknell to A Psychic Story. Hello, Cheryl. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much, Nicole. Well, again, thank you for joining us. And for what I like to do with most of the guests is to just to start out a little bit on how you got to where you are today, because we are for, or I'm a firm believer in that we all have energy, we all have abilities, and we all have gifts in various areas. And it's just a matter of embracing it. So I always like to start out with hearing a little bit about from each guest where they got their, their start from. Okay. So I would say, I would say that uh, probably from the age of 10, I started asking questions. 
But just like a lot of families in the, this part of the world, the questions I asked were not very well accepted. For example, my paternal grandmother had died, and my mom was pregnant with my um, sister, and uh, she was due to deliver within a couple weeks after my grandma's death. So I started asking my dad, well, wouldn't that be something if grandma came back as this new baby? And he looked at me like, where did this come from? I wasn't to be shut down, so I continued to ask over the next few days. And finally, he said, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Don't even bring it up again. So I was shut down, just like a lot of kids are shut down. And I really stayed shut down probably until my teenage years. And then I began telling my family, as well as some of my close friends, I have ESP. That was the only thing I knew to call it extrasensory perception. Mm -hmm. And so I would just know simple things. It's not that my family was speak demons, but if we would go someplace in the car, I would say, be careful, there's a police car over there, they'll get you for speeding. And my dad would look at me like, how did you know that? And then we would pass the police car. It was just simple little things like that. Um, not, I, wasn't, uh, I wasn't encouraged, didn't have a lot of opportunity. So I would say my next time, really uh, had a growth spurt was towards the end of my teenage years. A friend and I went to, I don't like to use this word, but this is how a lady advertised herself. I went to a fortune teller and she told me some things that actually came true. And I, it just really sparked my interest. So probably from that time on, off and on over the next several years, I read books. I went to seminars when they were available, all along with raising a family and just getting through life. And once my kids were out of college, or essentially out of the house, then I really got serious. And I met a lady by the name of Sandy Anastasi through John Edward, and um, she taught psychic development. So I, I did most of my growth and my learning with her, and then eventually went on to do readings as I do today. I taught psychic development for several years. And so today I truly try to help people, even if I'm not doing a reading for them, I try to help them open mind and realize what else is out there besides the, the black and white physical things that we can lay our hands on. Well, that's fantastic. And so you are also in the medical field as far as like where you got today from what I understand, there are like two kind of parallel paths. You've been also progressing along the medical field and then also, which in my mind, they all kind of intersect, right? But we don't talk about that often enough. So I'd like to get your experience on as you're you're navigating the medical field, you're also navigating the metaphysical realm, right? Or whatever we would want to call it, what that experience has been like. So most of my years as a nurse has been working in emergency departments. And in some ways, disability has helped me. In other ways, it has hurt me working in the medical field. As I said, I worked in the emergency department for a lot of years, and nurses, including myself, that have worked really in the medical field, but particularly in the ER for any length of time, I believe they, we develop a sixth sense. Uh, we kind of know who's really sick, even if they don't really uh, display particular signs and symptoms. Uh, we know usually when somebody's heart's going to stop unexpectedly, and it's really just a feeling. And after I had gone through the training, 
that I'd gone through, I began to understand it a little bit better. What we as nurses and myself included, were really seeing unconsciously was the energy field around the patients that we took care of. And if someone is sick, their energy field is different than somebody that's healthy. It's often, many of your listeners know, have heard of an aura. So I think we would unconsciously see that. I think the other way that we received information was um, through our solar plexus, one of our chakras. The information was out there, and we unconsciously filtered it to ourselves, and then were able to, again, unconsciously interpret that information, and it came through as a feeling to us. So in that way, it's my psychic abilities have helped me tremendously. Probably the way that it slowed me down was from the time I was in nursing school, I was taught by instructors. Do not get close to your patients. You can't get close to them. Don't get involved with them. So I learned to close myself off. But then once I became a medium, I had to learn to peel back all those layers of being closed off. Similar to when we shut children down when they're young and say there's nothing there and they have to peel off the layers. I had to peel off the layers of being shut down so that I could open and be able to receive the information that spirit as well as the universe was sending to me. So it's been kind of a double-edged sword, but I've enjoyed every bit of it. I think the two things that you mentioned are exactly what a lot of us probably experience and and we don't even realize it, right? So you as nurses have people come into the hospital. Well, first of all, anytime somebody's coming into the ER, I would imagine that it's a traumatic, whether they're really sick or not, most people are scared. So your energy is just at an all-time high, um, both people that are, you know, receiving people coming into the ER and if you're going in, right? And from there, that energy is just exacerbated. And also the fact that you, because you're there all the time, you and the other nurses and the doctors, even though I do think that nurses tend to spend a little bit more time with the patients and get that, you know, that that, that extra time with them, you know when an energy shift is off right? You just kind of, it's like if somebody were to come into your home because it is a little bit more open, you're very much more vulnerable, right? That's very interesting to hear about that from a work standpoint, you see that on the medical side. And then on the flip, when you are as a child told or experience it, and then as an adult, then you are faced with the choice of do I embrace this and what do I do with it from there? And that's very much a struggle that I that I see with people that come to me or other people that I've spoken with are in the metaphysical spiritual realm. What do we do with that as a gift and how do we, you know, how do we nurture different people on the steps, which is why I started the show. Exactly. And I think the people that are successful with it are people that do not let those around them that don't necessarily believe in this, they don't let them be discouraged. You just push ahead. Just like when a child wants something, you know, you you don't quiet them down after telling them no a couple times. If they really want something, they're back at you the next week. Well, what about blah, 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 whatever. And we all just need to continue to ask questions if we want to pursue a career or even just more information in this direction. I think that for me and in talking to just, you know, throughout my life, I was very blessed with the fact that my parents 
and my extended family, both on my mom and my dad's side, anytime I said something, whether they believed me or not, or thought it was imagination or it was crazy, embraced it. And so I was very lucky with the ability to grow up feeling the way I did, speaking what I wanted to speak. But then at the end of the day, as I got older, my parents were very cautious because they were like, well, you know, when you go into an environment, you don't necessarily know how somebody is going to receive you or how somebody is going to receive this message. So you can, you know, speak your truth, always speak your truth and be authentic to that. But at the same time, know that not everyone is wired or understands. And I didn't understand that. Because, you know, I came from, again, the background where we embraced it or they embraced me at least, right? Whether or not they understood it. And so I think that what you say about if you have a question or if you're feeling a certain way that we just want to make sure that you and or your the people that are in your lives, that you're at least a little bit open to it and keep that in mind. Exactly. Um, along the same line, my granddaughter um, has psychic abilities that she's already exhibited, and she's 11 years old now. But from the time she was about, oh, I would say six, she started having invisible friends that she would talk to, but her parents couldn't see. And I don't know if instinctively she knew not to say a lot, or maybe some of her physical friends um, did question her about it. She was very guarded about who she would talk to. But fortunately, my son and daughter-in-law are well-versed in all of this, (laughs) especially my son growing up with it. So they've not discouraged her. So she will still talk to her friends, her invisible friends, but she understands that not everybody really understands what she's doing. And so for her own good, it's better just to keep it in the family and talk to people that understand the way she understands, but it's along the exact same line. And regardless of what you believe, whether, you know, what whatever stance you stand on, whether there is a God, there's not a God, whatever that looks like, the fact of the matter is, is that as children, you want to be able to encourage their curiosity, their creativity. And I think that as a society more and more, especially as we, you know, kind of tend to withdraw and not necessarily be that community to be able to allow children to embrace that creativity at home and within, you know, your extended family and friends is even more of a benefit to everyone. So I think that that's fantastic that your granddaughter has that, you know, your your family to support her in that. But let's dive in a little bit about, you know, how in particular, if, if I were, because I've as I mentioned, have gotten readings from you, but for people that aren't familiar what a reading is like, what should someone expect uh, if they if they contact you or, or someone else in your field? Well, all readers read a little bit differently. And so I like to explain to people when they first contact me on the phone or an email, or and also when they come to my office, I like to explain to them how I work. I tell them that I meditate for a while before they arrive, I say prayers, and I also ask that I can receive the information that the client is supposed to hear, that I hear the information clearly and accurately, and that I give it clearly and accurately. A lot of people are afraid of a reading because they say, oh my gosh, I don't want to hear bad things. I don't want to hear that I'm going to die or somebody else. For your listeners that aren't familiar with guides, I believe that we have guides that are helping us and there may be people that we have spent time with in the physical or there are people that we've known when we were in the spirit world. Some people also refer to them 
it's their guardian angels because they feel better with that. So I, like our guides will make sure that we only get the information that we're ready to have and that we should hear. So I tell people, you're not going to hear bad things. Uh, I know that everybody has stories about psychic mediums that have told them really scary things and they're going to go out and get run over next week by a Mack truck and, you know, just really put fear into them. And I will just say that I don't read that way. I don't believe in scaring people. I believe even if I do have to give some information that would not be the most comfortable, such as uh, I detect a, they're telling me you have a medical issue, I will just tell them, why don't you check in with your doctor and see how he or she thinks you're doing. I will not take the liberty of telling them, hey, your heart's bad and you better get to the doctor because it might not last a whole lot longer. But I have had people tell me that they've had readings like that. I, I, I believe that as a medium that we have a responsibility to somewhat protect the client. The information that we give to them needs to be delivered in a sensitive, tactful way. Again, I think we've all seen even like TV shows where uh, very famous mediums would deliver information to parents that was just shattering. And I think, what is the point in that? You know, you, you don't need to hurt clients, hurt people that have come to listen to you by the way you deliver your message. Well, you bring up very important things in that. Well, one is that we definitely all have a responsibility, whether it's who we go to see and potentially have a reading from, but then also the people that are providing the services as well, making sure they're sensitive. But at the same time, I do feel that inherently when we go to see someone, we're either usually in a crisis moment or and we want it like validated in some way or shape, or we really don't know where to turn. And yet again, we're, you know, we're looking for a solution. But at the end of the day, we all have free will, right? And at that point, I think that, you know, when people are afraid, a lot of times it's, Usually, I don't want to say it's the answer to their question. It's they're afraid because they don't necessarily want to be told, hey, I have to work out. I need to go to my doctor and have this checked out. I, you know, want a validation that you tell me that the person I'm with is the person that's my soulmate and that I need to be with them for the rest of my life. But deep down, I just know it's not real. We want a quick fix. We want somebody to be able to tell us we're wrong. And then, oh, no, the terror reader, the medium, the psychic, she said this or this, that, and the other. And then if it doesn't happen the way that we, or they, they told us to, we're like, yep, they were wrong, whatever. And we, we hype it up just like we would if we were to go to a doctor or somebody else or something in that field and just say, and just be dismissive. Yeah. And you're right. People do expect that whatever the scenario, that it will happen exactly the way the medium has described to them. And sometimes that's true. But then there are other times, as you said, we have free will and that will make things take a turn. And you may, maybe you'll have the same experience, but it'll be given to you in a different way, so if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Yeah. Okay. All right. I would encourage people not to be, as long as they know they have a credible medium that they're working with, I would encourage them not to be afraid because mediumship can help people grow in so many ways, in addition to... Uh, the information that we receive from our loved ones. 
you know, and, and our loved ones know what we're doing here. They see everything that goes on and they want to offer their encouragement whenever they can, or maybe offer some solutions or some directions to questions that the uh, client may have. So I see much more good coming out of a a reading versus the negative, but people oftentimes, unfortunately, will talk about the negative a lot. Yeah. And I do want to unpack that a little bit because you talk about guides, right? So I usually, when I pray, I will say my, my guides and my angels, because I want my, all all my bases covered. (laughs) Your guides can also be your loved ones who have passed over and they can be people you have met or have not met. And so before I ask you and go into like the top questions that usually come up or arise or the messages people want to share, can you share with us a little bit more and can we dive into the guides and angels? And then what is it like with your loved ones? Like, how do you differentiate or do you not at all? Because it doesn't really matter because it's just all energy that's protecting and loving us. I will usually be able to differentiate the guides. And it's really, I have to really think about it to describe it, but it's just a different feeling. It's a different uh, type of an image that I get in my head. When I talk to people's loved ones, I will usually see them If I don't see them, I can definitely feel their personalities. That's another thing that goes along with a good reading. And people, and when the uh, medium says that, excuse me, I have your mom, I have your dad or whomever, I have your your husband, um, you need to get some validation with that. I mean, anybody can say, I've got a mom, I've got a dad, Mm -hmm. but they need to have some description, either describe their personality describe things that they would have said to them, describe uh, what they look like, describe what their favorite food was, their favorite hobby, something that lets the client know that, hey, she has to be talking to my mom. She has to be talking to my husband or my wife, something like that. So I will know as people step into what I would call my psychic visual field, I will know this is a family member, this is a friend. And it really is more of a feeling that I get. I I refer to it often as I have a mother energy. I have a father energy. I believe this was a friend of yours or a cousin, somebody on your same generation level. And um, so then I'll go ahead and give them the information that they want to share. Is it kind of like a feeling like if, because I'm trying to see and relate for people that may not be picking up on this is that if like you're walking down a street dark at night and you just feel eyes on you or you feel somebody behind you and you don't know why and and you know it's a feeling because you just know it's a knowing because it is your um, senses that pick up and you trust that is it like that and I don't mean a fearful way just a knowing right it's definitely a knowing I'll get my information Usually in about three different ways, I will either see the person Mm -hmm. or see what they're trying to tell me. I'll see the scene they're trying to depict for me, which is being clairvoyant, or I will get it telepathically, just as if somebody puts thoughts into my head. Like um, all of a sudden you have an idea pop in your head. And that's probably the best way I can describe that for the listener. An idea pops into your head. Well, this information pops into my head. But I know because of the space that I'm in that it's coming from the other side and that it's meant for the client. Or it might get it clear audiently, which I would hear it. I would hear the information 
but I don't hear in the same way that you're hearing me right now. I hear a voice inside my head talking to me. And I know that's hard. That's really kind of splitting hairs to say, well, you hear a voice talking to you, but then you're saying you also get the information telepathically. And the only way I can really in words differentiate that is one is I hear the words inside my head. The other one is the thought just appears to me like it's dropped in my head. Yes. So I was actually going to ask you that about when you see, because usually when people say see, they think with their eyes. And my grandmother on my father's side, she would always tell me when I was growing up, I see things like a movie. And I thought she meant like in front of her, like literally you're watching a movie and you see it. I'm like, wow, that's fascinating. But over time, I realized she meant she saw it in her mind, like memories, as if you're looking back on something or forward thinking, you're looking at the future. So when you're saying you're seeing, you're think it's in your mind, just like the hearing part, correct? Yes. Okay. So when I first started being able to see, to use my clairvoyance senses, I it was literally like somebody would roll a tape and it would just roll right by me and I would just have to watch what what came by me and then recite to the person that I was reading for, well, this is blah, blah, you know, and give them the information that was being shown to me. Interesting thing is our guides, for people that do work with their guides, our guides will really try and help us. So I wanted to, at one point, I wanted to develop my other senses because I was relying almost exclusively on clairvoyance. So I asked my guides, don't give it to me clairvoyantly, give it to me other ways. Well, then I was panicked when all of a sudden I didn't see during a reading. I started getting the information telepathically or I would hear it. And so I just had to get used to that and develop it. But it was strictly because I had asked my guides, please give it to me in another way so I can increase my abilities. And so they helped me out. So I bring up that point in that it doesn't need to just apply to doing mediumship. We can ask our guides to help us do any number of things, you know, that we need help with throughout life. So, yeah, they're definitely somebody I liken it to your your good vibe tribe that is around you and cheering for you. And you may not know that they're here with you in the physical, but they're definitely with you emotionally and, and spiritually in a good way. What are the top questions that people usually ask you during a reading? <laughs> I probably can guess, but I'll, I'll let the listeners decide and, and think of them. But I, I kind of have mine. And usually the, the people that I ask are like, well, you're not going to ask about this. This is like, nope. I want to go to this. So frequently they will say, are they okay? That was probably the most common one. Um, are they okay? And then secondly, did they make it to heaven? or whatever their belief is of the afterlife. Did they make it there? How do I know? And then often they will ask, well, are they with my parents? Or they want to know that their loved one is with other loved ones from the family that have gone to the other side. And I think it is, I'll even reword that because I don't want people to get the wrong idea. I think we all go to the other side. Um, and this, and I don't want to open up another whole subject, but we always have, a lot of people have discussion about, well, gee, how did this person go to heaven or whatever our belief is of the afterlife? Because they killed 10 people. That just wouldn't be right. We do go to the other side, 
but there are areas in the other side where we are, so to speak, made whole again, our energy is cleansed, and that's another whole subject, and Lisa Williams has a very good uh, book out about that that explains each of the steps that we go through. But they, they primarily want to know, are they okay? And did they, you know, make it to the other side? And then they'll want to know, um, well, I had this sign or that sign. Do you think that was them talking to me? So they really, they're looking for validation of their loved ones, maybe for things that they have felt or seen. And they don't want to think, oh, I'm just making that up. And for most people that have come to you and asked for your services, I mean, the fact is, though, that most people or that have gone through this, they do make it to the other side, quote unquote, whatever we want to call it, right? And there is a process and there is something that's happening and they are okay. It's very rare or in, in you know situations that I would imagine it's not, but it's more for the person, the the human being having the spiritual experience on this lifetime to get that closure in a way, and also to heal within the grief. Exactly. Yeah, they want to know that everything is okay, and that does help with their closure. You're absolutely right. Um, One of the great things that a mediumship reading will do for people, and usually it only takes once or twice, is they want to be able to have that closure with their loved one. Many people say, I didn't get to tell them whatever it was I wanted to tell them, or were they upset with me because I was not there when they actually died, or just any number of questions. But to be able to get answers to those questions and get the answers in a way that they know that that answer is truly coming from their loved one, because their loved one will expound on the situation and maybe talk about all the things that that person did for them prior to their death or at their funeral or something like that, then they feel like, hey, I know I have really talked to my loved one and I know that they're okay with what I did or they're okay with what I didn't do and they're able to really move on. It's tremendous the peace that some people can get from it. And I would Probably, though, to most people have something special, like you mentioned with a loved one, that there's a symbol or something. I mean, my my mom, my sister, my aunt and I talked to my grandmother before she passed on my mom's side. And we said, please send us a sign that you're okay when you're on the other side. And we meant like physically, like come come to us in a dream or show us some way that we actually see you, we can speak to you. And we all four very, uh, you know, a little bit frustrated when we all just kept seeing these red birds everywhere, these cardinals, but not actually a spirit. But it's a running joke now in our family. Well, grandma's here. She shows up at Christmas. She shows up during the holidays. It's whatever it is. Are there general ways that are, if we don't have a specific thing, right, that we ask somebody or there was a personalized way, are there general things that sometimes our loved ones will show us here while we're among the living? Yeah, Definitely. And also, by the way, which I'm sure you found out now, that cardinals are a symbol of that loved one uh, trying to make a connection with you. So that that was good for her and too bad that it for a while <laughs> took a while for you guys to put it all together. But that's okay. She got her message across. So if there is something that is significant to the person that's still here as well as the person that's on the other side. Say, it, for a lot of people, it are butter, it's butterflies. 
for myself. And I've just kind of adopted this. Um, it was intuitively, I just believe that whenever I see butterflies, I know that it's somebody, one of my relatives from the other side, my parents, someone. So I think in my head, as soon as I see that butterfly, who is that? And I take the first thing that comes to my head. It might be mom, it might be dad, it might be grandma, but I just take that and I accept it. It doesn't really make any difference that it's right or wrong. It's just such a nice thing and a nice feeling to think, oh, hey, they stopped by to visit today. And sometimes if I have something on my mind, I might just spit it out to them, just as if they were actually here. Oh, I'm really worried about whatever, or I'm really happy about whatever, just any something that I would normally share with them. I take that opportunity when I see the butterfly. Some people, it's the wind will blow. The best way for people to figure out, and people do, clients ask me this a lot, how can I do this? How can I know when my loved one is around me? First of all, all we have to do is ask and they will be there because they come, they come as a thought. We have to think of them as energy now. They're definitely here. They're definitely still with us, but they're in a different form, their energy. So their mind, their personality, everything is still there, but just in a different way from what we're used to. So people will ask me, as I said, um, how can I talk to my loved one? So I, first of all, I always recommend to people that they try and meditate. For a lot of people, it's very difficult. It was for me when I got started. And I think guided meditations are helpful in that situation because our minds wander. And that's just how we're made. Our mind is not made to hold still and not think about anything. But if somebody is guiding us through something, then we can stay focused. If you don't listen to something, I recommend that people follow their breath in and out, in and out. So as you meditate, it helps quiet your mind. You get all what I call the junk out of the way, all the busyness that's jumping around and pestering you about what you're going to do for the rest of the day. And then I tell them if a if being outside in a park or in your backyard, around trees, whatever makes you feel good and gives you a peaceful feeling, set in that area. Maybe it's inside your house in a particular room. And then you just ask your loved one whatever the question is you want to ask. It could be anything. And then wait for the answer. As you wait for the answer, don't have several possible answers in your mind that you're running through. Are they going to say this? Are they going to say this one? Are they going to say that? Just try and just not have a preconceived answer and just sit there. You might get an answer then. You might not get an answer for a day or two, but you will get an answer. It, it just takes a while and you have to listen for it. And this kind of goes back to your original question, how do they contact us? They can contact us in so many ways, and it amazes me to this day what they can do with their energy, how they can make things appear that you know were not there the last time you looked at that table or looked in that particular room. So my sister, when her husband passed, it was probably six weeks later, and she said, how do I know that you're around? She flipped on the radio. Their favorite song came on the radio. She said, to this day, I don't know how that happened or why it happened, but that was his answer to her. I am around you, you know, so they, they won't necessarily say, yes, I'm here. I mean, 
I'm on your left shoulder or look behind you, but they share or bring up things that the two of you have shared. Like I said, the favorite song. Um, I'm trying to think of, I mean, there's just any number of instances. Somebody else smells. She smells her father's pipe tobacco. And as soon as she smells that pipe tobacco, she knows that he's with her. So it's just a number of ways. You might see a sign on a building or you might have said, give me a sign you're around. Check life, look at license plates that are in front of you. Look at signs on buildings. Just keep an open mind that it's not necessarily going to be a five-worded sentence that we would normally get from them. You got right to what I was going to say, which was just be present because even myself, I have to remind myself, it's one of my daily mantras of be present, enjoy this moment. You only have the here. Yes, there's the past and the future, but the now is right here. And so if you aren't embracing it, what's happening around you right now, then you sometimes forget and don't, and you overlook the signs and the other things. And some people may say, well, that's hokey, or they may dismiss it or think that that's not a big deal. But for the people that are looking for connection or validation, you don't have to go anywhere else other than yourself, first and foremost, and what's around you. And then if you really want that extra validation for whatever else that you're growing, you're on that journey, then that's when you reach out to other people to help you in that growth process. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, what would you say is the most surprising thing that has happened to you during your journey as a medium? Well, I thought about that question. and. Really, I get surprises frequently with every, almost every reading I do because it amazes me how spirit, and when I say spirit, it's kind of all-inclusive, our guides, our loved ones, our angels, how they can come through and get the message to their loved one that they want to give. Probably like a black and white concrete thing. I read for um, a guy one time and I was at his house. And it was his best friend that he wanted to hear from. And the best friend was a real jokester. And so I started the reading and I was identifying different people. And right about the time that I identified him, although I didn't really realize it was him because I it was, I knew that it was one of the client's friends, but I didn't know for sure that it was a friend that he was hoping to hear from, the doorbell rang. And so the wife went outside, you know, right away, looked to see who's there. There's nobody around. And so we concluded that because this guy was such a jokester and right at the time he (laughs) came into my visual field and I started to describe him, he rang the doorbell like, hey, I'm here now. So that was fun. That was a lot of fun. Do you have anything like when, because I guess you've, you've progressed and you've done this growth and you've looked at it from a career standpoint, when you're speaking with someone, you said you can tune in to a loved one. Do you have to actually like tell your own relatives who have passed on <laughs> on the other side, like, hold on, it's not your time right now. I'm focused on this person. Or is it just something that's happened over time in terms of like your learning experience? Whether my own relative. I look at it like what was that movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore where Whoopi Goldberg doesn't realize she actually has this you know, ability and they're all spirits uh-huh. talking at once. You know, is it like that or is it because you've you've focused in and you can be attuned that you don't necessarily have to worry about everything else? Well, you do have to focus in and sometimes when it gets really noisy and a lot of people talking for me now, it's because the client that I'm reading for has a ton of people on the other side. 
sun is not really a good description. As many people on the other side, they all want to talk and they're all blah, 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 blah. And I ask my guides, and this again is where our guides will help us, line them up, whoever has the most important message and can give it to me the most clearly and the most accurately. That's how I want to hear it. And then, then the next one can speak and the next one. One thing that a lot of times I've noticed that people don't understand is they think, well, why can't you get all Presley to come through? Or why can't you get another famous person that's in spirit come through? All of this is done through love. It's the bond of love. That bond of love, John Edward will say this for any of your listeners that follow him. That bond of love continues once someone goes to the other side. And that's what holds us together. So I can't bring through, first of all, I can't bring through who the client says to bring through. I have no control over who's coming through. So I never promise anybody, oh, okay, yeah, I'll bring your mom through. Yeah, definitely. We'll get your husband or your wife through. They come through when they want to come through, just like they come and visit you at your house when they were in the physical, when they want to. You couldn't really go get a rope and drag them to your house and say, visit me now. And it's kind of the same thing with the spirit world. So I invite people to come through that want to talk to, and I'll say the client's name, and then they will start appearing to me who comes through. But they're coming through because there's a bond of love there. That truly gives me chills because as we were talking and I didn't even want to interject before we even finished, like halfway through the conversation, I was thinking and asking my guides and angels, what do we want to call this? And it was the bond of pure love. It's unconditional love. And I literally circled it and then you said it. And so I started. So I'll take a photo of that and share it. But it just is. And that's probably what you picked up on is that's really the bond. And so if we look at it from a human and spiritual connection, and I've always said, we are spiritual beings on this earth having a human experience, not the other way around. And hopefully it's a good spiritual experience and we're kind enough to ourselves to give that. Really at the base of all of it is, is love. When you're trying to speak with your loved ones from the other side and what's encouraging and comforting is knowing that just because they're not here in the physical, they are here with us and around us and whatever we want to call it and define it. And that's very, very nice to know and comforting, I think for it should be for a lot of people and also just what you do for everyone. So I wanted to say thank you because I think it's very much a gift and appreciative. What is the number one thing you'd like people to take away from our conversation? The biggest thing, and I kind of touched on it before, and this comes a lot of times from the spirit world. It's what they want their loved ones to know that are still here, that I'm not gone. I am still here. I'm just not in the same form. And they and the people in the spirit world also talk a lot about love. Not only saying, I love you, I'm still here, but they prom- kind of promote the message of love. And that's, um, that's really what we need to do to make the world a better place is try to spread love. You know, we hear this, you know, various places, spread love, don't spread hate, and that kind of thing. But it's true. I mean, love goes so much farther and love gives us so much energy and love gives us so much more peace. But the other thing that they, the spirit world will frequently say is, I don't want you to stop living just because I'm not in the physical any longer. 
Life is for living. Being here in the physical is for living. And that's what I want you to continue to do. Do it for me because you love me and do it for you because you love yourself. Don't think that you can no longer go on because I'm not here. And even if moving on involves, and they will frequently tell the client, even if moving forward means another relationship or in the client's mind, it means I'm not paying attention to my loved one in spirit anymore. I'm going on and having fun. That's what they want us to do. They want us to continue life, continue to live life, just as they would have continued to live life if they were here and healthy. That's extremely important for everyone to hear. And it just resonates, I think, with so many people. And just a good reminder that we need to just be present, live life, and know that it's not an end. It's just a new beginning for everyone and that there is a grief process, but at the same time, at some point to just release and love and, and enjoy. Is there anything else you'd like to share, add before we break? No, just don't. If you are inclined to get a reading from a medium, I am happy to read for you, or there's any number of very qualified mediums that could read for you. So don't be afraid of it. Let it settle. Continue to think about it. Let let it settle in. And when you feel like the time is right, either email that person or call that person and find out what it's all about. It's not scary. It's really no different than Nicole and I sitting here talking back and forth to one another. Yes, that's awesome. Well, thanks again for speaking with me today, Cheryl. Would love to have you back on again to chat about some other topics that we brought up because we definitely didn't have time to go through all of it. But as always, it was a pleasure. And if anyone is interested in getting more information about Cheryl or scheduling a reading with her, feel free to visit CherylBicknell.com. It will also be up on our social media sites. And again, thank you again, Cheryl, and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you, Nicole. And it was certainly my pleasure. And I'd be very happy to come back and speak with you again. Okay, great. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. So for this episode's recap, one, don't be afraid if you experience intuition yourself, be open to the possibility and don't discourage others, especially children, if they have special abilities. Two, our guides and angels are with us, always here and ready to help. Three, we all go to the other side when we pass on. Four, a medium can help with the grieving process by getting answers to outstanding questions from loved ones who have passed. Five, your loved one will come simply by just asking and arrive as a thought. Their mind, personality is still there. It's just another form of energy. Six, if you want to speak with your loved ones, begin the practice of meditation. It may be hard at first, but over time, your mind will stop wandering and eventually your mind will quiet and you will be more open to receive. Seven, loved ones from the other side often send us signs and symbols that resonate with us, whether it be your favorite song playing on the radio, a smell of perfume, the blowing wind, a feather, or butterfly. Take the first thing that comes to your mind and welcome that feeling of love. And eight, the bond of love, unconditional love, transcends the physical realm into the spiritual realm, and that is what continues to connect us. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. <laughs>